3: You're listening to The Late Night Alternative. I'm Catherine Boyle. And Sean in Brighton, if you've got the balls to come on and speak to me, I do not appreciate you ringing up to have a go at the people answering the phones. Coward. So Sean in Brighton is rung up swearing, apparently, and not letting uh, Aliff answer. And saying, how effing stupid are you not recognising the fact that this kid everyone's talking about, this kid, Quaden, that everyone's talking about, that it appeared to be beside himself with anxiety and anger and sadness because he's being picked on at school. Apparently, it's all a big hoax, and we're all stupid. <sighs> People, huh? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Oh, yeah, and you gave us that old chestnut about paying our wages. You don't, Sean. You don't. But if you remember from last time, on Friday he rang up with all that kind of patter and didn't listen and was apparently some kind of uh, radio expert and told us exactly how we were funded, even though he has no idea how we're funded. Um, and uh, I just get the feeling that that's the kind of person... Sean, I may be wrong. That's the kind of person who has a go at waitresses and stuff you know, because they can't answer back. So if you'd like to come on, I'd love to hear your views. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Honestly, I cannot bear that. I cannot bear it. And here's another thing. I've been the person on the other side of the glass. I've been that person. And I've been that person who almost immediately afterwards walks around the other side and comes on air. And the difference in tone with some people is incredible. But I see you and I don't ever forget 0344 499 1000. Other than that, we can talk about whatever you fancy. <laughs> you can, uh, if you've had a little clash with someone at work or you've had someone weighed in and uh, ex- expect to be able to stand over your shoulder and tell you how to do your job, come on and have a little vent because this is the place. It's a lay alternative, which means that um, there is no agenda. I've got a few little bits and bobs we can talk about, you know, for guidance. But for the most part... It's down to you. If you want to ring up and talk about what's happened in your day, what's happened in your life, something that's caught your eye, then uh, then feel free. This is one for you. 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. If you prefer to tweet, it's at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cath. Or you can text 87222 and you can start your text with the word TALK. Text costs 25p plus your standard network charge 03444991000 yeah roger roger sent me a tweet people exactly i thought we were going to get through this week all kind of you know still remembering that we're supposed to be kind to each other but that's soon worn off hasn't it not that funny 03444991000 so uh, coming up on today's show we can talk about whatever you fancy as i say but here's something that caught my eye earlier on um I'm going to save some of the fruitier stuff for a bit later on in the show because, to be honest, people are, people are pigs and uh, I know some of you are still digesting your dinner, so let's not do that. Uh, but this one is something that I noticed. People that prepare, right? People who are prepared for life and, and put you to shame. Military wife who started batch cooking one-portion meals when her husband was deployed to Afghanistan reveals prepping saves her up to £80 a month. Shannon Bannon, real name, from Catterick, saves up to £80 a month by batch cooking. Um, She uh, buys the ingredients, spends hours prepping meals for several days, and favourites include fajitas, bolognese and cottage pie. She then puts them in the freezer, ready for it to defrost and enjoy. Where's the spontaneity, though? Where is the spontaneity? Now, I married into a family of people who, when they go to a restaurant, you have to book ahead, you have to say what you're going to have, and I hate it. I hate it, right? I love them, but I hate this little tradition we've got going because I don't know what I'm going to fancy eating until today, do you? And it really gets my back up when um, you have to say, have to look at a menu like three weeks beforehand and guess what you might fancy. So, you know, this kind of spontaneity is not for me, Shannon Bannon, but fair play to you. Speaking to money saving community latestdeals.co.uk where you can find the latest deals in, in the .co.uk. Shannon, a housewife, told how it helped her save money and made it easier to eat healthier meals at home. She said, I've been meal prepping for two months now. I started when my husband was deployed to Afghanistan. I wanted to make sure I had homemade meals in portions just for myself. I hate cooking meals for just myself, so I thought this would be a great way to make sure I was eating a nice home-cooked meal every day with little effort. Ah, I, I know where this is going now. I get it. Shannon, who did not want to share her husband's name, doesn't matter. We're talking about Shannon. Explain the approach involves meticulous planning and being organised in the kitchen. Well, obviously. I make all sorts of meals when I prep, from the staples of cottage pie and bolognese to pasties and fajita wraps. I've also started making my own oat pancakes and cutting them up for snacks during the week. She said it doesn't just save her money, but it also saves her the stress of deciding what to cook every night. Here we go. I've got a handle on this now. If you live on your own, it's really easy to eat crap all the time because you're not cooking for someone else, right? And you forget that you're just as important. And if eating and eating well is even more important if you're on your own, because you're the only person looking after you. And also it's one of life's great joys. One of life's great joys, um, eating. And it can be so boring if you don't take a little bit of time with it. So I can see what Shannon's doing now. I had a friend who was a military wife and she was in the army herself. And when her husband was deployed, um, she became like an, she was an ace cleaner. Now, this is a woman who, if um, I moved house, I would call on her because she's incredible. When she used to move house, and they used to move a lot, obviously, being, being in the forces, she would have that van unpacked and everything put away that day. And it would be livable. It would be, And that would be it until they moved out again. Absolutely military operation. She was fantastic. And I think when your husband is away in the forces, or your wife, I dare say it's the same if, if you're the male partner in this situation, or the female partner, wherever it goes, but if you're the partner in the situation, she was never quite sure where her husband was and she had the news on all the time. And so obviously she was out of her mind with worry, but it's a nice little distraction, isn't it, kind of organising yourself and feeding yourself and eating well. Is really important. And also, I get it, I get it. So batch cooking means that she's buying, you know, reasonable-sized portions. She's not just going for small bits and things are going to waste. I get it, I get it. So, okay. I I feel less resentful of her organisation now. I, I completely understand why. If you found yourself on your own after a certain amount of time, how did you ensure that you were looking after yourself as well as you were in a couple or a family situation and how long did it take? Or did you become that person who um, would grab something on the way home or found yourself eating the same thing every day or, um, or maybe you eat out? It's has expensive to do that though, isn't it? But, but it's no way to be, is it? It's no way to be. And there are plenty of people who, have to define themselves alone after a relationship where it's been, like, she does that bit, I do that bit, you know, they've had to develop new skills. Like, my grandma didn't drive until she was in her 70s when she was um, widowed. And when she found herself behind the wheel of a car, she found this whole new life, you know. She was able to... She didn't have to wait for her husband to take her places. She used to go, honestly, when my grandma um, was widowed, she joined the ladies' circle which sounds like sedate whoopee doesn't it you know we've all seen the films and stuff and you would imagine that lady circle is a lot of very kind of polite ladies in floral dresses sitting around talking about jam no i spent my 21st birthday with the lady circle because i was up in manchester doing work experience and grandma said "Do do you want to come and meet the ladies with me i have never heard bluer jokes or drunk more gin in my life, those women were a hoot. And the other thing was they were off the leash for the first time in many of their lives because they were that kind of generation who had moved from their parents' house and being someone's kid to being someone's wife and pretty soon afterwards, someone's mother. And so it wasn't until they found themselves alone and with this freedom, you know, cars and they would give each other lifts and stuff and having this... For, for, and again for, for many of them for the first time this kind of all-female group of friends they were off the leash it was incredible the joy was was something else so um yeah kind of life after being involved in a couple life on your own tell me about it how is it for you how do you make sure that you don't end up eating macaroni cheese every day and uh what difference has it made to your life have you found something that you really love doing and you wish you'd realized that that was out there when you were 17 18 0344 499 1000 is the phone number to ring we've got david in tyneside on the phone um and i've got time for you as well of course tonight um i'll be here right through till one o'clock uh 0344 499 1000 we'll take a little break then we'll get back to you david so hang on there
2: talk radio Across the UK, Giles Corrin on Talk Radio. Never in the history of broadcasting have we had an interview quite like this. Giles Corrin. Yeah. And they think she's being really nice and doing sort of access work with old people, but really she's going, ha ha, you oh. can't bend grandma. Giles Corrin, Sunday nights from seven. So I just wanted to marry any, anyone I could marry. <laughs> uh, and, and they'd come around and they'd just see this man lives in this house. It was as psycho as this? Giles Corrin, Sunday nights from seven on Talk Radio with The Times. Know your times. Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
3: Still fuming about Sean in Brighton and having the front to come on and start having a go at um, my mates. Strangely, he's very quiet on the phone now. But I've had a look at the New York Post and they're talking about this uh, idea that some newspaper, some people on Twitter, are questioning whether Quaden um, Bales, who everyone's talking about because he was seen being picked up in this video by his mum from school and sobbing that he's um, been the victim of bullies. But apparently some Twitter users are questioning whether he is nothing but a teenage prankster, although other postings appear to back up his heartbreaking tale. Quaden, who gained the sympathy of legions of supporters, including actor and fellow Aussie Hugh Jackman, as you heard in the news there at the top of the hour, is really 18 and scammed everybody, tweeted Jasmine Doe on Friday according to several Twitter users who reposted the accusation with some photos of an adult-looking Bales from his Instagram page. Dow's Twitter account appeared to have been taken down later on Friday. But NBC's TV Today show featured an uplifting piece about a clearly little boy Bales in July 2016 walking his dog Buddy and saying how the canine helps him cope with ridicule. Bales is missing his two front teeth in the photo and the show said he was five years old at the time. The Australian TV show Living Black also did a report on Bale's struggles in April 2015 and featured video footage of him as a little boy at that time. A Facebook page, apparently belonging to one of Bales' relatives, also shows she shared photos on it in 2012 of him as a baby and when asked how old he was at the time, Bales' mum wrote, little man's going to be 15 months now, bless him. But Dow's alleged tweet says Bales has plenty of money and yeah, everyone fell for it. Now, if I'm wrong, please source your link and explain why to me, she wrote, according to the screenshot. He's an Instagram celeb and deleted captions pertaining to his 18th birthday post. Twitter user um, Shan R. reposted the tweet and added, WTF is this, he's 18 and an actor. Bales' Instagram page includes some of the photos that were circulating questioning him. It's interesting, isn't it, that people have to... undermine something that seemed like a really pure thing, right? And is it because we are living in an age of no-one taking anyone else's word for it. Everyone goes with their gut feeling, right? And everyone feels obliged to spout off about it straight away. They don't know this person. They obviously have not done the research that the New York Post has done here, otherwise they'd be looking very silly. And also, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't really about Quaden, is it? I mean, it is in terms of it's heartbreaking to see anyone that upset. But this is really about the power of the online community to reach out to someone that they feel is struggling. And it's a beautiful thing, a really beautiful thing. You've got people, you know, Hollywood movie stars as well as your average Joes and Josephines all reaching out to this kid and yet some people have to dig dirt like that. I mean, and it, by the looks of things, make stuff up. And then you get idiots ringing up radio stations and having a go at the, um, you know, behind-the-scenes staff and calling them effing idiots for believing it. People. People! People! Whatever happened to just believing the best in people? What was wrong with that? And why are some people so um, averse to seeing that goodness? I think it's really sad. It's really sad for them, apart from anything else. 0344 499 1000. Let's have a word with David, because I know he's been on the line for a little while. And you're a first-time caller, aren't you, David? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Thanks very much for
2: taking my call. Hey, no
3: problem at all. What have you got for yeah, me?
2: Yeah, I've tonight about... Um, I'm a Geordie lad... Uh, Jodie Dave, that's my Twitter. And I'm just thinking about all the stuff I've been listening to for months and months and months, years and years. I saw my uh, mother being beaten up by my father because he made tomatoes on toast. And my mother had that, um, had them for me tea, like, and her parents. You know what it is? <laughs> This this has got to stop all this, like, sort of um, identity politics and everything is destroying the country, is destroying
3: the world. Hang on a minute, I'm, I'm struggling to keep up with you. So take me back to what you're talking about, tomatoes on toast.
2: My father made tomatoes on toast for me as right. a child when I was five. Yeah. My mother come down the stairs... Yeah? And she complained because the tomatoes were used.
3: Right. What? She had plans for them?
2: Yeah. Okay. My father turned a tea towel and whipped my mother in front of us.
3: God, that's terrible. I'm so sorry you saw that, and I'm so sorry it happened to your mum.
2: You're not sorry. No. Don't be sorry. Because the thing is, all this, like, what's happening is now, with um, all this, like, sort of uh, work, sort of anti-racism and everything, it's destroying the country and it's got to stop.
3: How on earth has that got anything to do with that story you just told me?
2: Yes, it has. How? Because some of the fact is I could complain all my life about being abused, about being upset, about being uh, anything... Yes, I was bullied at school and all the rest of it, but now I'm a man, I'm a Geordie. And, and you're clearly fine with yourself, it.
3: Yeah, you're clearly you fine know, with
2: wait it. Wait one second. In that, you know what it is? I will protect any culture or anybody on this planet. No. Right? No, wait a minute. Can you what just London calm down a bit, David, because you're
3: getting yourself all un- unnecessarily upset.
2: No, I'm not. What, what the uh, London elite in the media have stopped doing... Is race baiting, and they've got to stop this. It's got to do. It's got to stop now.
3: What are you on about?
2: I'm talking about the London elite in the that? media. Who's that? Race baiting. So I'm up in Newcastle, and I tell you what. I, you know what it is? I ask people who are like black or of any other culture. And I ask them, I go out my way, have them being abused, and none wow. of them have been abused. No, wait a minute, stop. You
3: know what it is? All this. David, if you're going to shout at me, I'll just turn you off. You stop. Calm down and let's have a conversation. Don't give me a lecture. Are you ready? Are you calm?
2: I'm calm.
3: All right, well, stop shouting at me.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're it's not just- sorry.
3: You're obviously yeah. furious about something. I am sorry. No, you're not.
2: I'm sorry, no, you're, I am sorry. You're not, furious, because, my, you're you're not sorry. because
3: you've come on furious, and it's not my fault, and it's nothing that's been said on this programme. And I've got a feeling this is something that's been building up in you for a long time.
2: Right, I was on LBC. Uh Ian Dale, wait a minute, I spoke Okay?
3: I don't care. Why are you bringing it here?
2: No, wait a minute, you've just said you don't care.
3: Don't care you're talking to another radio station. That was a conversation you had with a completely different person. Oh, why are you bringing uh, it to me?
2: Oh no, wait a minute, one second. we're having a conversation you've just said.: You're shouting.: You're yes? coming
3: in halfway through an argument we have, you had with someone else.
2: I'm um, No, I'm not. Can we have a discussion or not?
3: I don't know, can we?
2: Yes, I would like to have a discussion.
3: All right, with so you. stop shouting.
2: Well, I'm not shouting. Okay, Wait, okay, I'm shoulder. <clears throat> I apologize.
3: Okay. One more chance. Any more of it and you're off.
2: Right, so what I was saying was.
3: <coughs> God.
2: I'll to you
4: deal.
3: Yeah, I'm not interested. 03444991000. Let's speak to Stephen instead. Hello, Stephen. Oh,
4: hi, okay. Oh, that was. Was it me or was it anybody else? No, it I was think. David. I think David yeah.
3: comes from the school of, I've been kicked in the nuts, so therefore no-one else is allowed any sympathy, and I'm allowed to be furious about everyone.
4: Absolutely. And I'm really sorry that that happened to Elif behind the glass, because she's a nice person. She's actually. lovely. But when has produced other shows that I've got through to in the past, and very nice person and doesn't deserve that and I know it's easy for people to say, well, it's okay, but it does hurt. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I know people have got thick skins and you've had a lot of um, people shout at you, but I mean, it's not a nice thing, and it's been a good week you've listened to me and my troubles and you've listened to other people Kyle last night and his troubles and it, I, I think it's been a a peaceful week, you know, like, you know this show obviously better than I, and you sometimes get a good week or a bad week, and I think sometimes this has been a very, this has been a good week in that people have listened to the problems, they've been constructive, they've run in with advice and suggestions, and then it's a shame on your final last night being being alone. You get someone ringing up, uh, being abusive to Ellis behind the glass and you get a call that you just
3: had. Ah, it's all you right. Know, Do you know what? I, I'm fine with it because, um, you know, I'm quite capable of seeing people like that off. But, you know, I will not accept that. Kind of, I won't accept being spoken to like that and I won't let anyone speak to my team like that. It's just not happening. Well,
4: absolutely. I mean, really it's not good for us listeners either, Kath, because, you know, I mean, it lowers... Well, ian would say you know it lowers the the vibe or something you know there's a good vibe he often says you know and, it, and it's true you know you sometimes get a very caring vibe where everyone's trying to contribute like last night with kai and his story you know that, yeah. that kind of thing yeah. you know what well, i mean and um no i just well anyway let's try and raise the vibe but um i was gonna say last night <laughs> I always fall asleep in the middle of the programme, but I managed to wake up when there was something concerning me and I just thought it was so funny that I was in the sleep and I woke when Jasmine rang.
3: (laughs) This is getting to become a habit. It's like um, saying Beetlejuice three times.
4: (laughs) Um, Maybe I'm psychic in my deep sleep. I think so. Something strange goes on because then... I woke up really alert and heard you say, "Oh, well, Stephen, I uh, think you're you know a favourite corner or something like yes. that." And then and then she started saying, "Well, I've been doing this," and then you said. I never did get the bit What does she actually do for a job? Because she said, "Well, it's been a storm here, and I just came in from a storm." And I opened I didn't get well. What's her job I think I, mean, I don't
3: know what her job is, but I know that she's still doing experiments. Maybe, maybe that. I don't think she's employed as a scientist. <laughs> no, and, and the chap that rang in for eye advice. I mean, my goodness,
4: no, you, you can't ask Jasmine. She's not a consultant. Not a consultant ophthalmologist. No, not, no, no, not yet. She isn't. No. No, no medical advice. But, <laughs> but, uh, can you believe this? That I'm a classical music person as I grew up. Strangely enough, um, I won't go into my problems because I don't want to lower the thing, but I think it was because as a teenager, pop songs were all about I'm in love, You know, I fancy her, you know what I mean, 90% of pop songs are like that. And yeah. um, As you know, I was covered in acne, girls didn't fancy me, so it push me towards, like, Beethoven and Mozart, Bach, and so on. Even though I know that, I mean, if if the movie Amadeus is anything to go by, Mozart was quite a a sexual person in his own way. I loved that
3: film, but, yeah, he was a filth bag. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, but at least in the music, you don't hear him say, Come on, babe, you know, show me this and show me that. So, so it made me a classical sort of person, really, and I've always gone to the proms and where a lot house and things are like out when I could afford it. But I've only been to one big pop concert ever, um, you know, having been to hundreds of classical ones. I wondered if you could guess who it was, because you've mentioned the name of this person in the last week, I think. Yeah, since you've been alone mm. in the studio, one of you
3: could. Who have I mentioned?
4: You are... mentioned someone and you said, well, she'll give you a hint. Go Can on. You key, Is it Silla? Female? Female? And there was something you didn't like about her, and then you said, oh, but then I realised it's because she's. Dot, 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 doing something.
3: No, who's, what's that?
4: <laughs> I'm afraid. Have I imagined it? No. Um, shall I tell you then? What Go on, tell me,
3: tell me. Oh, yes! So, no, it's not that I dislike her, it's that I found her a bit frightening when I was a kid because she used to sing. She had this very intense way of singing while flicking her, flickering her eyes underneath her eyelids. And I remember being a bit yeah. freaked out by it. But now I know it's all about concentration and artistry, so she's fine by me. She can do what she wants with her face. Her voice is incredible.
4: Well, and there's... This. There was a thing where someone once said, she, she took it the wrong way, actually. Uh, someone said she looked like Elvis. Well, it's because she used to curl her lips. Yeah. There, and that's what they meant. And then she took it as, like, well, I look like a man. Oh, thanks. You know, like, you know, what a compliment, you know, in a sarcastic way. But, um, no, people didn't mean it in a rude way. But, um, no, I saw her at Hammersmith, and it was set after set. You know, it um, was well, a famous one. It's a good tradition of love and hate isn't Mm -hmm. it that was that that big song of hers do you remember it
3: yeah i do remember that one
4: and she she was always in a black hat like a black suit black jacket black trousers um and she's like she's got an an exotic background half fijian half malaysian is it something like that isn't it Um, i think so yeah a little bit unusual but um i have no idea what she's doing now but i think she's still
3: gigging let's have a look i think she's still um gigging let's have a look because I looked her up the other day.
4: i would have said, "Guess," <laughs> which which um, was the biggest pop concert I've ever gone to. You'd have probably said, oh, "Well, was it Deep Purple?" I don't know. No, them.
3: I've not. You got you down as a rocker.
4: Oh uh, yeah. Well, actually, I do have a soft spot for Led Zeppelin. I know Ian hates them, but I do like Led Led Zeppelin.
3: Wow. Okay.
4: Yeah. Do you know that the, their song "Thank You"? No. Oh, can you play a bit, a bit later? Are you allowed to? For you know the copyright stuff. And all yeah, that? I'm
3: allowed to. I'll consider it, Stephen. I'll consider it, but I'll certainly have a listen privately. Well, um, but Led Zeppelin it,
4: it is a soft one. It's not one of the blazing guitar ones where loads of riffs come bolting out the earpiece. You know, it's yeah. a it's a melodic one, and it's it's a bit of a love song actually. Yeah. Okay. All right.
3: So I'll right. give I'll give it a listen. Yeah.
4: Jeff called. Thank you.
3: All right. Um, Thanks. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate that.
4: And, and can, I, can I just say um, thank you for this week. At the start of the week, I was feeling very rubbishy. And I'm not going to pretend and say, well, I feel great on top of the world now. And you'd know that was a lie anyway, because five days, I'm not going to be transformed. You know? <laughs> I mean, it would, it would take a miracle worker. But I must say the. I've endured your shows, I've listened every night, apart from the times when I fall and sleep for an hour in the middle, bit. but I'll try and stay awake for this night. And um, once again, I think you're a very good broadcaster and you can stand alone. You don't, they don't need replacements. You know, people keep on about, oh, can someone else stand in for a year? No, no, but you do a good enough job. Well, that,
3: that's very but kind you. of you. Can, can I make fine. one observation, Stephen? I think the reason why you're feeling a little bit better... It's because of, basically, human connection. I feel like you've been missing out on that.
4: I think so, not speaking enough. Mm. And then you can't... And then quite Jump in the deep end, like, not talk to anyone for ages and suddenly speak to the nation on the radio. I mean, you know, it's just talk about from one extreme to the other, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly.
3: Have you got any pals you can ring? I mean, obviously not now. It's probably a bit too late. But do you think there's someone you need to reconnect with?
4: Well, I have a friend which is... um, Actually, she's got Ian's sorts of trouble, um, deep anxiety, and oh, she's not addicted, but she's um, mm.
2: got
4: deep anxiety and depression. Um, but she she goes in and out of it. Yeah, that's so it depends that's, when, that's... at what point in that graph, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know
3: exactly track, what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly in the what you mean. Valley,
4: you know. Well, I suppose it's like you and Ian. You wouldn't really ring him to talk about something if he's gone into a valley, whereas if it's a peak and he's going upwards. Then I can talk to my friend like that and have well, a chat with her. So it, it... here's
3: the thing with me and Ian I ring him all the time anyway. I bear yeah. in mind his state of mind and I don't yeah. put too much on him if he's not in a, you know, if he's not in the right place for that. But um, he always knows I'm there. And if he's having, if he's in the valley, as you call it, I make sure that he knows I'll be waiting for him when he bobs back up again.
4: Yeah, that's good. That's,
3: that's all good. you can do.
4: Um, and, can I just say, anyone that can call you a friend is a very lucky person indeed. I think very lucky indeed.
3: Oh, really. thanks, Stephen. That's very.
4: And I'm not being—I'm not being a crawler, but I really, really mean that.
3: That's very sweet of you to say. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go now. Before um, I'm going to—I'm just going to take because normally my my reaction to stuff like that is to laugh it off. But I'm going to take it. Thank you very much, Stephen. That's really kind.
4: Um, Please try and listen to us. Thank
3: you. I will do. I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it tonight. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Stephen. 03444991000 if you want to give us a ring.
2: Late Night with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
3: 03444991000 if you want to give me a ring. Um, But don't ring up expecting to be able to walk over me and don't give um, my staff next door, my staff my team next door jip thinking that we're just going to roll over because um believe it or not for the one person that needs its explaining you are not our boss and we don't have to take any of your nonsense and we won't i kind of want him to come on air so i can tell him that in person but i know he won't dare 0344 499 1000 i've got some messages here let me get through them um thanks to everyone who sent me a tweet oh there's some there's some great ones here um, I was asking you about single, singleness. If you live alone, how do you make sure... What are the things that you do to make sure that you are living properly? Because it's very easy, and I've been... When I was single, had my own flat. I used to come in from work. It would be very easy for me to, like, I don't know, live on jam butties or whatever, because you've got no one else... You've got no one looking over your shoulder going, what, you're having that again? That's not a proper dinner. Um, for the most part, if I didn't plan beforehand, I didn't have anything in the fridge, it's just very easy, isn't it, to start living in a way that you wouldn't if you were looking after someone else. And you are important and you deserve to live nicely and you deserve to eat nicely. Um, so we're asking about that singledom and, um, and how you make sure that you live properly, even though there's no one over your shoulder. 03444991000. Um, yeah, a lot of people are turning their volume down in the first 10 minutes of the show. I'm sorry about that. I did try to um, moderate that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it's all that Simon says all the snowflakes having feelings and sensitivities, and what we want is more uh, war and pestilence. That'll snap them out of it. Yeah, that seemed to be the complaint, didn't it? That everyone was too woke. Not everyone. Um, And uh, Geordie Dave needs a hug. Even if he was strong and got through the abuse, doesn't mean it's okay for everyone else to be abused. Boom. Uh, Roger says, though, I've been to London a few times now. Does that make me a member of the London elite? See, this is the thing, right? When people start throwing sloppy, it's helpful because it's um, it's a shibboleth. Now, Aliff's dad taught me that word. Bob Mills, when I w- worked with him, very briefly, all too briefly, he also taught me about chocolate breaks. <laughs> but a shibboleth is a word that flags up the fact that someone is uh, out of their normal area. I think the, he goes back to a story in the Bible about two different tribes and in order to work out Uh, which of the Hebrew Hebrew tribes you you were from. And if you were from the enemy tribe, there would be a word, a shibboleth, which would be um, pronounced in a certain way in that area. And if you mispronounced it, you were obviously out of your... So I'm going to add to the shibboleth list. London media elite or London elite. uh, Woke. Social justice warriors. Snowflakes. um, What else is there? Um, people that complain about, oh, virtue signalling, because apparently the opposite is fine, it's much better to be like that, according to these people. There are certain terms that get thrown around these days and they become kind of a lazy shorthand for anyone they disagree with, right? But unfortunately, for people ringing this show, having spoken to a different radio station, maybe been bested in an argument with a different radio host who was maybe inviting calls on such matters and getting people fired up, Unfortunately for you, if you come on this radio station and try that with me, I will give you a a spanking and not the kind you like. David, forget it, you're not coming on again and no one's going to answer the phone to you, so put the phone down. Everyone else though, 0344 499 1000. I do not mind having a conversation with someone. I don't mind having a conversation with someone who disagrees with me. What I will not have is someone coming on my radio station, my radio show and telling me, to just be quiet while they make their point. As soon as you do that, you get my backup. You do it twice, you're very lucky to get to the third time, let's put it that way. So David, good night, enjoy LBC, this show is not for you. 03444991000. And we don't have to talk about any of that stuff. Why is everyone so eggy tonight? I was in a really good mood when I came in and I've had an absolute stinker this week, as you well know. It's Friday. Chill out. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Should we speak to David? Should we get him on? All right. Let's see if he's calmed down. Maybe he's seen the error of his ways. <clears throat> I wonder how this is going to go. David.
2: Hiya. So why do I need a hug? I mean, because you mean, come, come on
3: furious about of... nothing.
2: Yes. No. What? Somebody just said to you, Jodie. Dave needs a hug. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I need a hug.
3: Why are you angry?
2: Notice, you know, like people are being abused. Fifty thousand. You're not. Old. You're not. How do you know I'm not?
3: Well, you're not on this show, and yet you've come on shouting at me.
2: No, oh, right, okay, right. I tell you what. Do you want to um, have an intellectual debate? Yes, yeah, so I won't be speaking
3: to you. Uh, let's have a quick word with John Dredge for an intellectual debate. Hey, Dredge.
5: Oh, Lord! How are you doing? <laughs>
3: I'll tell you what I'm earning my money tonight
5: ah oh, anyway um yeah so i I saw something today that I thought was a bit weird and I don't know if you think it's a bit weird or not somebody walking down the street reading a book
3: oh it is That's weird good. but I love it do you Yeah, because it's like someone out of a cartoon. You know, like Beauty and the Beast, she was always walking around reading a book, wasn't she? It's just not practical in real life, so it shows a commitment. It must be a really good book.
5: Well, it might be a book called something like How to Walk Down the Street.
3: (laughs) Or, here's the other thing, Dredge, there might be a spy.
5: Well, yeah. But, I mean, I thought it was weird, because it sort of... To me, it, it meant that people are finding it more difficult to get down the street without having all this stimulation. Yeah. Like I, I saw I saw somebody else on a bicycle with headphones listening to music, and and then in one hand they had a coffee. Oh, <laughs> my god! You know what I mean? It, it's like getting to the point where everybody's got this incredibly low attention span. They have to be overstimulated, to, you know, <laughs> ride down the road, or, like, you know. It's
3: like I don't know when I'm going to get this coffee drunk. Otherwise, it's just going to have to happen now.
5: Exactly, exactly. I've noticed a lot of uh, grown
3: men doing um, no handies. And when that happens, I become 14 again, although I wasn't driving back then. But what happens with me, whether it's a man or a boy or a group of boys in in many occurrences where where I live, um, if my girls are in the car especially, what has to happen is the car window gets rolled down and I shout out, whoa, cool, guys, and give them a good old honk, ha, honk, honk. Because I could never ride no-handed, and I'm still in admiration of people that can. But if you're a grown man doing it, come on, mate.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think it is? They're just, they're just looking for excitement. or yeah. You know, every and, second of the day. And showing off. To be over.
3: And also, two chicken to get a unicycle.
5: Pardon?
3: <laughs> two, two chicken to get a unicycle. You might as well go the whole hog.
5: Ah, ah, I see. I see. But yeah, I just thought it was weird, you know. And especially people constantly being, you know, they have to bombard themselves as well with like technology and things like that. Now, you know, they have to they have to have the headphones on. They have to be reading something. They have to be looking at something. They're yeah. not actually paying attention, like you're saying, on 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 bike with no hands. You know. Sort of not really paying attention to what they, you know, what's going on around them. No,
3: and here's the thing: walking and cycling are, are great pleasures in themselves, and you see far more of the world or a different kind of uh, sight when you are doing those things. If only you'll pay attention.
5: Yeah, paying attention is the thing. Paying attention to what's around you.
3: Being present.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's hard when you've got, you know, when you listen to 48 different pieces of music. And, or you're you know. reading
3: War of Peace down the high street.
5: I mean, I can't do it. But uh, I don't think know,
3: anyone basically. can. It's the most awkward thing. I mean, unless that person has not done their homework and they've got a book report to blag, <laughs> there's no excuse for that, is there? I mean, that is really the sort of thing that only happens in musicals.
5: How can you walk down the street? I've seen this twice this week. How can you walk down the street and read a book? I just don't see how you can...
3: No, there'd have to be it. eye holes in it surely
5: yeah 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 maybe they're trying to look into it hang on
3: you've seen this twice
5: i've seen two different people doing this Yeah, not right. the new thing there's only
3: one explanation you're being tailed they're they're <laughs> private dicks
5: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yes i was i was thinking that could
3: that. <laughs> could be right. that's the sort of caper they pull <laughs> it's it's too too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence, Dredge.
5: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I'm surprised that one of them hasn't been pulled over for speed reading or like that. You know? It's you so nice to hear from you. you.
3: Listen, are you all right?
5: Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, it's nice to nice to hear you this week, and uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it.
3: Thank you. What are you up to creatively at the moment? Because I know it's usually something.
5: Well, you know, um, I've got this comedy sketch podcast thing that you you have heard, you know, I did years ago. I'm doing a new series of it. Brilliant. um, So that should be fun. It's like, yeah, comedy sketches and things like that on the British Comedy Guide.
3: When is it happening and where can we listen?
5: Um, If you go to the British Comedy website, British Comedy Guide website, Yeah. um, It's called the John Dredge Nothing to Do With Anything show. There's lots of sketches and the new series is coming out um, next month. But what I heard... Just, just today, was that um, every episode of it got 10,000 downloads.
3: Wow.
5: To me, that sounds like a lot.
3: It sounds like a lot to me. That's really incredible. Well done.
5: So, yeah, so um, hopefully the next series will be, you know, be fun.
3: I, I can't wait. Kids. I can't wait to hear it. Um, you're so talented. Thanks very much for giving me a shout tonight, Dredge. I appreciate it.
5: Yeah, I'll uh, speak to you again.
3: Uh, and watch out for those private dicks. I'm telling you, they're after you.
5: Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio.